Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rich Eisen Show. This needs no introduction. He's way too inconsistent this year. Shotgun snap is back to Mayfield. He fires to the right. Pass is intercepted. Tucker has it. I think he let him play out his fifth year, which is unfortunate for him. But this was a step back season. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What do you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? Today's guests, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, NFL Network analyst. Daniel Jeremiah, Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Okay, everybody, it is the Rich Eisen Show, live on the air here in Los Angeles, California. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We're going to have a lot of fun today, lots of opinions, lots of talk. (laughs) Everybody's got them, as you know, and I'm talking about opinions. Um, And uh, there's lots to discuss here on this program today. Mike Florio, Daniel Jeremiah on this program. And then Bruce Feldman, who's going to be talking about my coach. Apparently a little bit of NFL wanderlust. And Jim Harbaugh will hit on all of that over the next three hours of this program. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Great. Good to be seen. What's happening? Ah, Jay Felly is here today for Mike Del Tufa. What's Mikey doing today? Do you know? Does he tell you? I have no idea. Very good. Uh, Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. (laughs) It's always a pleasure to be seen by you, Rich Eisen. I appreciate that. that. Again, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We're here on NBC Sports on Peacock after the Dan Patrick Show where we also follow him on Sirius XM Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio. We say hello to everybody who might be listening to us on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial uh, radio affiliate that is smart enough to have us. We also say hello to those streaming on Odyssey on that app. And then to our YouTube followers, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show and all of our podcast listeners who listen to us every single day on the Cumulus Podcast Network where all podcasts can be acquired. Okay, everybody. Okay. Let's get right off the bat here. Let's do it. Um, We've been on the air um, for almost eight years now. Oh, Oh, I mean, seven plus years. We're in our eighth year. You know what? I'm I'm rounding up when it's to my benefit. My dad always used to do that. May he rest in peace. He would always tell me that I was, if let's just say I was 12 and a half, he goes, you're 12 years old when I wanted to do something older than what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. And then when I was acting foolishly, he'd be like, you're 13. Like, <laughs> he would round up for his benefit Get and then round down for yeah. his benefit. Never for my benefit. <clears throat> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> We've been on the air uh, for seven plus years. In uh, year and eight. I've never started the show this way. And but, but, you know, I've got to because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the conversation of the moment because it is the season to, to wonder who the MVP of the NFL is. Normally, we'd be deep in that conversation because the season would have been over. But we still have one more week to go. Um, and, you know, it really doesn't, I don't think, matter what Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady does or even Jonathan Taylor does this week. I think the first 17 weeks is kind of... Uh, given everybody an idea of uh, of of valuable uh, and who's the most valuable and who is the best player in the NFL, which is what the MVP award essentially is for, the best player in the NFL, usually a quarterback, usually an offensive player, clearly. So I've never really started the show this way, but what does Hub Arkush think? <laughs> <laughs> This is a fact. You no, have no, never no, started the show. People, like this. you might be going, huh? What? <laughs> 
But this is what uh, happened on radio in Chicago yesterday, where apparently Hub uh, plies his craft as he's talked football for a long time. Former editor, I believe, of Pro Football Weekly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm getting it wrong. But a lot of people are you know, talking about what he had to say about Aaron Rodgers not deserving a vote for the most valuable player in the NFL because he's a bad guy. This is what he had to say. Roll it, please. Did you reveal that you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers? Is that correct? I did. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. It, it, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument, but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than, than Jonathan Taylor or uh, or Cooper Cup or, or maybe even Tom Brady. And, and so from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. He ruined the entire offseason for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. Um, uh, a, a lot of the off-the-field stuff was wasted because he wasn't there. He tortured his fan base, um, uh, and, he's, and he's getting ready. He's already started doing it again. Oh, so, you know, so, so he couldn't have won the MVP before the season for you? For me, no. Yeah, no. I, I just think that that the way he's carried himself is inappropriate, and and, and you know the the, the 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 vaccine thing just was one more, you know, log on the fire, so to speak. I I think he's a bad guy, you know, and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable valuable guy at the same time. Okay, so now you might be sitting here saying, why what 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 why is this uh, so you know uh, top of show and trending on Twitter important? It's because Hub Arkush um, of Pro Football Weekly. Um, has a vote. He's one of the 50 that the Associated Press has bestowed with an actual vote for the MVP award in the NFL. And um, so that's one of the, it's just, and it's just 50, and it's not one of, just like baseball, where you put multiple names down and then whoever finishes in a certain spot gets a certain amount of points associated with that spot and then whoever has the most points is the most valuable player. There's just one name on the list. That's it. So now Aaron Rodgers will have only 49 other shots to get more than <laughs> the majority of votes because of what happened in the offseason, partially, and what's happened this season as well. And uh, not on the field. So let's jump into this a little bit here. Because you just heard, again, an actual voter say stuff off the field has a sway on whether Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in this voter's mind. And the short answer is that's ridiculous. The long answer is, what is the most valuable player, right? Like, do you put, you put the word, the most, you can't, you can't argue with the word most. The word valuable right. is definitely up for debate as to what value is. And what Hub Arkush was saying is that his value was less than because of all the stuff that he was saying during the non-playing season, the stuff that he was doing by withholding his services in the non-playing season, the stuff that he was doing to the fan base, apparently, by driving them crazy in the non-playing season, 
makes him less valuable. Your best ability is availability, right? And he wasn't available that one time this year due to COVID, and they lost one of those games. And he wasn't vaccinated. As a matter of fact, he said he was immunized. And then we can go over and over and over again about what he has said and how he has conducted himself in his many public appearances in front of the media. And I have said on this show that his stances I don't agree with and what he said about being immunized instead of inoculated instead of being vaccinated and all of that. And then what he has said on our friend Pat's show where he is an open forum to tell you what's on his mind about everything. And now, you know, Aaron shrugs. <laughs> I don't agree with pretty much everything that's come out of his mouth. And as I said, I was patently disappointed by a lot that's been coming out of his mouth. You can't argue his value on the field. And the last word of the phrase most valuable player is what you got to focus on too. Player, player. It's not most valuable guy, bad guy. It's most valuable player. Most valuable human. No, no, no not any of that. <laughs> most valuable player. And what he's done on the field it's is ridiculous. beyond ridiculous. reproach. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond reproach. Can I have an argument about what Brady's done and how good Brady has been and what Brady's done to beat the Bills with that walk-off touchdown or what he did against the Jets just this past week with Antonio Brown strolling off the field? That's valuable. That's playing. But Rodgers has done on this field this year is ridiculously off the charts incredible and valuable and terrific. And to discount that because of the other stuff is absurd and on top of it if you feel like me what rogers has been saying particularly about the woke mob and cancel culture i mean we've avoided this subject matter for we weeks have. here yeah, we've and on purpose on purpose yeah, yeah. on purpose okay because i don't think it benefits me the show or anything to to, to keep on harping on this stuff but yeah, here he goes again but the woke mob and he's going to be canceled even though he hasn't been canceled by State Farm, Pat McAfee, Manning cast. I mean, like what's he been? Can- where has he been canceled? Who has canceled him? This writer. So this writer <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't agree with that statement is giving credence to what Rogers is saying about the woke mob and cancel culture. He's actually giving legs to something that has no legs, in my mind. Not even the broken pinky toe is canceling Aaron. So, Hub, what are you doing? And I, I wanted to invite him on the show. But guess what? Guy blocked me on Twitter. I have no idea. I've never heard of him. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. I, I have no idea what I said or what I did. That's hilarious. And by the way, you could see, you know, he, he changed his he changed his what banner on top of his Twitter account with him with Aaron Jones, because I guess he wants to prove 
that he's not some Chicago honk who hates on the Packers. This is no nothing personal, even though he calls Rodgers a bad guy. I don't I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. This this is wow. very damaging to this vote in a way that disappoints me and it frustrates me in many ways. So I, I, I have no idea about any of this at all. But if Aaron Rodgers' play, I mean, if I had a vote, I'd have to sit there and look at him versus uh, Brady. Yeah, I really would really have tough. to. Really tough. And yeah. at the end of the day, Rodgers is a better record. He's incredible. He has been off the charts remarkable. Like, all-time great, remarkable. I mean, where Brady's had his moments, Rodgers in that short week Thursday night at Arizona, which hadn't lost yet, and he doesn't have Devontae Adams. And and that game was in the bag until it wasn't, and then they won it. Now, Rasul Douglas did have a nice grab of that miscommunication, Murray to True. A.J. Green at the end. But yeah, Brady has all the stats. On. Brady number come one on. in all the stats. Sure. One, one win right. shot. But you can't discount Rodgers because of his stance on stuff like the vaccine. And, no, and no, I, no. I, or, or even if you people will, probably. Well, yeah, absolutely. And members of the media also yeah. probably pissed off. He said he was inoculated and then showed up in person without a yeah, mask, yeah. you know, prior to Omicron, where this was a situation where more often than not, unvaccinated people are the ones who are spreading. The, I mean, I don't want to go into all this stuff anymore. I mean, yeah, it's just a waste of time. And I don't to go into it all over again and then to place it on top of a vote that you're not giving it somebody because he's not the most valuable player because of what he was doing in the offseason where he's trying to get his Weird. just like everybody else. You know, and he's a complicated fella as Green Bay said and all that stuff, but the complicated fella came back. The complicated fella's been balling out. And he hasn't been. Where's he been canceled? Except here. Where this actually lends credence to him showing up with that sweatshirt about anti-cancel culture. He hasn't been canceled anywhere that I know of. Maybe he does. But I saw him on the Manning cast. He hasn't been canceled by ESPN. Not by this show either. <laughs> you know, not by, not by, you know, State Farm. He's still on every commercial. He's everywhere. Except this guy's ballot. And I'm knocking over merchandise. Yeah, it's just can, it's so distressing. We can't afford to lose cups <laughs> right now. That. We're down to like, what, three, four? We're, don't worry, we're getting more at richeisenshop.com. All right, so, so normally I'm not going to just talk about one person's vote. But I had to. What do you say? 844-204-RICH, number to doubt. Most valuable player, not most valuable guy, not least bad guy. The hell is he saying? He's got to vote. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Mike Florio, Daniel Jeremiah, Bruce Feldman. Yeah, I'll talk about the rumor that my coach, Jim Harbaugh, is thinking about maybe going back to the NFL. That is spicy. Well, I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think a lot of Raider fans are... Open. Broncos. This is some other people. Bears. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my two cents on all of that. Uh, and then your phone calls, 844-204. I've got a, a great four downs as well based on oh, let's go. last year's draft, the upcoming draft, which again, Daniel Jeremiah 
will be uh, lending a, a couple of cents on that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the show. Let's take a break. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Terms and conditions. You know, <laughs> back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH on a terrestrial radio outfit. Joining us here right now is the creator of Pro Football Talk, Mr. Pro Football Talk himself. And also he's got a book called Playmakers that's coming out in mid-March where you can pre-order it, where all, all books can be acquired right now. He kicks everything off on NBC Sports on Peacock every day. He is Mike Florio. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you today? What do you make of... Um, I got to tell you, I learned about Hub Arkush's, uh, you know, thoughts on not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers through your site. Michael David Smith with a terrific post on it. I agreed with every word that he said. I'll give you the floor on it, Mike. Well, Hub Arkush was on 670 to score just moments ago, and he's still on there right now. And they opened the segment asking him about the firestorm, and he said he made a mistake, but his regret comes from talking publicly about his voting plans. He at no time acknowledge that his voting plan is substantively erroneous and he should not be considering off-season drama, vaccination, prevarication, or anything else other than performance on the field week one through week 18. The fact that they secured the number one seed, his numbers are phenomenal. He continues to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Those are the things that should be considered, not whether or not he's the biggest jerk in the league. And I'm able to compartmentalize the two. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback, and I think he's a gigantic jerk who loves attention, loves to make himself into the victim when he's not the victim. The woke mob never came after him. He's worried about being canceled. He's never going to be canceled. If anything, he's more not popular necessarily, but more visible than ever before. But as it relates to this, it actually helps him, I think. 
that Arkish said what he said, because to the extent that there are other voters that may have been thinking about not voting for him for reasons other than football, those voters may think, you know what, I, I, I don't want to do this, and I don't want to have to deal with the headache on the back end if I don't vote for Aaron Rodgers and I can't defend it. And people are going to think I didn't vote for Aaron Rodgers because I think he's the biggest jerk in the world. Well, look, man, it's most valuable player. I mean, it's insane that anybody would hold whatever Rodgers is doing uh, and saying against him in terms of his on-field play, which is what this award is. Off-the-field stuff, there's the Walter Payton Manning of the Year Award. That's what that award's for. And in many ways, it is rightfully... Uh, a bigger award than MVP award for some. Uh, it is the best picture, if you will, of the NFL honors. It is the final award, you know. So uh, for many reasons, that's what that's for. And the MVP award is for most valuable player. And I would even understand that you don't, you can't make the most valuable player somebody who's been suspended for weeks due to a, a violation of conduct or a violation of, uh, uh, you know, uh, steroids like that. That I can sort of, you know, countenance. This is absurd. This is absurd. And the fact that he's now saying I apologize for saying the way I feel is is a total non-starter, non-starter. For me. Well, and Rich, here's the problem. There's only 50 people who have these votes. So he has a 2% voice in all of the awards that are made part of the NFL honors. They are the official NFL awards, MVP, comeback player of the year, coach of the year, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, offensive and defensive player of the year, and the all pro team. And when you admit that you are considering improper factors as to one, where else are you considering improper factors. I, I think they should take him off the panel. They have time to do it. The votes haven't been cast yet. They won't be cast until next week. They should take him off the panel, and they should replace him. I think that's a no-brainer. And I asked the league for comment on it because it's the official NFL awards, and they say it's not appropriate for us to comment. Well, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? You're tying the shield to these awards. And if there are fundamental problems with the voting process, that's something the league should be concerned about. And I hope behind the scenes – even though the league won't say anything publicly, they don't want to call out the AP, yada, yada. Hopefully somebody from 345 Park Avenue contacted somebody from the AP today and said, we can't have this. We just can't have this mindset infecting these awards because they are important. And it's a big deal. And especially for all pro voting, you've got major contract incentives that can be tied to those awards. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, from Pro Football Talk. Why is Antonio Brown still on the Bucks? if he is no longer a buck, Mike? Well, I'm a big believer in Occam's razor, a complicated concept that relies on the notion that the simplest explanation for anything is usually the true explanation. And the simplest explanation for this is the Buccaneers want to not have their cake and not have anyone else eat it too. They don't want him playing for them, and they don't want him playing for anyone else. And I think the core is this. Neither Bruce Arians nor Jason Light nor anyone else with the organization wants to have to be the one who explains to Tom Brady why Antonio Brown was able to catch 10 passes and gain 152 yards and score two touchdowns in Super Bowl 56 for the Chiefs and contribute to the victory over the Buccaneers. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I don't know that the Chiefs would sign him, but you know what? They gave Josh Gordon his umpteenth second chance earlier this year, and Gordon has five catches for 32 yards in 11 games. Antonio Brown can do that in his sleep. Ten days ago, he had 10 catches for 101 yards after not playing for 10 weeks. So 
I think they just don't want him to land somewhere else. They, they're trying to come up with a way, I believe, to put him on ice for the rest of the season so that they don't have to worry about Antonio Brown landing with. And the three teams I'd, I'd watch. And, and there are people in the league who say, no way, no how, he doesn't get another chance. I think he's come back from worse than this. And talent always finds a way. Chiefs, Packers, and Rams are the three teams I'd watch. <laughs> I, I, I would. I would. Now, I don't know if the Packers would do it. I think the Chiefs would be more likely to do it. And the Rams, we just know any big name that lingers long enough, somebody in the organization decides we must add him to the collection <laughs> like they did with OBJ. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, it, it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, literally, and, and, and I figuratively, but I also think literally. Um, I, I do think that that something has to be afoot with with Antonio Brown uh, between his temples that needs to be addressed. You know, uh, who who is in his corner? Like, who is Team Antonio? Who's the one who helped him get that Uber? You know, who's the one who got him the Nets tickets, right? Like, and who's the one who is fighting for his grievance? Is it Drew Rosenhaus still? Or no, Drew Rosenhaus fired him a couple of years ago right, when he so. refused to get help at a time when he clearly was going through issues that required some sort of intervention to the point where he wouldn't listen to anyone. And his agent now is Ed Wazaleski, and I've texted Ed several times this week and haven't gotten a response. And it's entirely possible that Antonio Brown right now isn't listening to anyone and isn't cooperating with anything, and that makes it hard. You know, he has rights. And I'm not defending Antonio Brown, but I think the challenge is if you respect the fundamental rights that everyone has, the hardest and most challenging and trying time to respect those rights is at a time when the person's popularity is as low as it can be. And I think that's when it's even more important to remember that he does have rights, that it's not fair for the Buccaneers to manipulate the process to try to keep him from potentially landing with another team. But at some point, he's got to help himself. For example, he's still on the team, even though Bruce Arians told the world on Monday, he's, or Sunday, rather, he's off the team. Well, he didn't show up for practice today. So unless there's some sort of an agreement behind the scenes that he's excused, I'd have been there. Hey, you haven't cut me. I'm on the team. I'm coming to practice. Deal with me. And, you know, they may be able now, if he doesn't show up and he didn't have a, uh, an excuse to not show up, put him on the left squad list, shut him down for the rest of the year, they get to where they want to be. I just really think their goal is to get to a point where he can't play for anyone else and it's unclear what he or anyone close to him is doing to ensure that he can still play this year, if he even wants to. He may not want to. He may be in a mindset right now where he's done with the NFL short-term and possibly long-term. But the NFL is never fully done with someone who has proven talent. We've seen it time and again with him and with others. Your talent is always going to get you another chance and another chance and another chance because fundamentally and ultimately – there are people out there who want to win, and the Super Bowl ring lasts a hell of a lot longer than the short-term dysfunction that you have to fight through. Mm. Did you suggest Antonio Brown should pull a Costanza? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it's kind Did of a reverse Costanza because he was fired. Right. Right. Well, I mean, wasn't Antonio well, was Brown trying to get fired? Well, didn't, didn't Antonio Brown? apparently get fired on the sideline, right? Well, he got fired on the sideline, but I think the Buccaneers are trying to do the reverse Costanza where they fired him one day and the next day they're acting like he wasn't fired. So it's the opposite of the Costanza move of quitting and then showing up the following Monday <sighs> and acting like none of it had ever happened. So the Bucks are the ones doing it because they fired him. That's why he stormed off. I mean, hey, look, if someone came to me, if I happened to still work in an office and I thank God every day that I don't, and somebody came to me after lunch and said, you're fired. I'm not 
waiting until five to walk out. I'm leaving the moment they tell me I'm fired. Yeah, but are so, you are you taking off your shirt and and throwing all, everything in this? In, in, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like into other cubicles. Well, if, if I had well, Antonio Brown's physique, maybe I would. Nice. Well, I mean, because <laughs> without his physique, no. And that's yeah, the thing too I that mean, I, if I had Antonio Brown's physique, I'd never put a shirt on. And and just to you know, I guess ground this conversation back a little bit more in reality. After I, I personally took it out of it, um, the 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 concept that another team would take him when Antonio Brown, not once, but twice, twice has left Tom Brady. Twice, right? Now, the first time was when the Sports Illustrated article came out and he's in New England and he thought New England didn't have his back. And then he trashes Robert Kraft, which is the end of that. And then gets another opportunity to play with Tom Brady. Wins a ring with him. And has an opportunity to do it again now. And regardless of what happened on the sideline. Twice now. Why would anybody... uh, What better situation is there for a wide receiver in the history, potentially, of the National Football League? Well, why he would want to not be with Tom Brady or do anything that would jeopardize his ability with Tom Brady, to be with Tom Brady, is a different question of whether or not some other great quarterback out there would look at him and say, this guy can help me make the difference. Patrick Mahomes could say, hey, this guy can help me make the difference because I've been waiting for someone to rise up across from Tyreek Hill. And at times we think it's going to be Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or Josh Gordon, and nobody's getting it done. I don't have a Sammy Watkins. I need a Sammy Watkins if I want to win a Super Bowl, and maybe he can be my Sammy Watkins. So I think that's a big part of it. And, Rich, the reason that I think the Buccaneers fear that he will find another home even after what we saw on Sunday, think back to 2019, the month of August, all the dysfunction that he created with the Raiders, starting with the frozen feet, continuing with the helmet that he was no longer allowed to wear because it was no longer certified by the NFL, and he made a big to-do about that. He got into it with Mike Mayock, allegedly said some racially inappropriate things to Mike Mayock, eventually was begging to get cut, got cut the same day after all that crap and everything that preceded in the offseason as he tweeted his way out of Pittsburgh. The day he got cut by the Raiders, Bill Belichick swoops in. So that's what makes me think Andy Reid, who just found out that even though his team won eight games in a row, they got some flaws on both sides of the ball. They didn't adjust the way they needed to offensively to the Bengals' defense. They didn't adjust the way they needed to defensively to the Bengals' offense. And they had their eight-game winning streak come to an end. And now single elimination time is looming. And I I think that's why I believe this will be forgotten especially if and when Brown wants to play and if Brown is able to sit down and explain himself why he did what he did. And Andy Reid is the king of giving guys second chances. And, and, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. But that's why I think that, that, that you know, as we get farther away from the spectacle on Sunday, we, need, we just need to keep in mind that people are trying to win Super Bowls here. And they're willing to deal with a lot of things if they have a guy who they can put out on the field who's going to help them get to where they're trying to go. Last one for you, Mr. Florio, Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. One week from today, let's, uh, let's smash cut. Uh, one of the, my favorite uh, uh, cliches in the NFL is I don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. But one week from today, the vacancies in the NFL are what on the head coaching front? Well, the two easy ones are the Jaguars and the Raiders. Now, beyond that, here's where I'm watching. Because what's, what's interesting to me is there's been no public or, as far as anyone can tell, private assurances given by any of the owners 
to any of the coaches that I'm watching. I'm watching Matt Rule with the Panthers, Mike Zimmer with the Vikings, Matt Nagy with the Bears, and Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. Also, I'll throw in Vic Fangio with the Broncos. Oh, I think the looming sale of the team, which is expected next year, could get him one more year because why tie the hands of a new owner with a new coach that you're paying $10 million a year to or whatever the number is going to be. But those five are the ones I'm really watching. And, you know, history tells us that roughly half of the ones that we think are going to hit end up being vacant. There'll be six or seven by the time it's all said and done. And then there's going to be some curveball, something we're not expecting. And I think a couple of years ago, Nothing unexpected was the unexpected outcome because we were so conditioned to expect a surprise. Last year, Doug Peterson, kind of the delayed reaction firing by the Eagles, that was a surprise. So, you know, I I don't want to speculate on where the surprise may come from, but I I say that we're going to have, let's say we're going to have five next week, and we're going to be waiting for the surprise. And my best guess is Zimmer's out, Nagy's out, and if I had to pick one more, I'd lean Fangio, but I'm really watching Matt Rule because I think David Tepper hmm. is determined to get himself a high-end coach. And with Jim Harbaugh sniffing around about a possible return to the NFL, if that's not just leverage to get more money out of Michigan, right. uh, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Jim Harbaugh considering he was 44-19-1 in four years with the 49ers. And there are some Matt Rule defenders who say, well, no one comes from college and turns a team around in two years. No, Harbaugh turned it around in one year. He went from 6-10 and 10 to the brink of the Super Bowl, and then the next year he was at the brink of a Super Bowl championship. And, and it's amazing. We forget that because he's been gone for a while now, but uh, he, he's shown he can get it done. And, and if he's in play, uh, that, that, that's, that's probably going to result in more, not fewer vacancies. Well, the reason why we've forgotten about it, and I'll, um, you know, me, I, can, I can absolutely put my finger on it, is because of, of Harbaugh's inability to beat a guy who came to the NFL and flamed out in the worst triple Lindy flop <laughs> in the history of coaching. You know, that's, the, that's, that's basically the um, spitting truth right there, I think, Mike. So well, don't forget, though, right, what Harbaugh right, did at this and, level. And, and look, Rich, with Jim Harbaugh, you know, uh, there's a great quote in a Gary Myers book about coaches and sons, and there's a chapter about Jack Harbaugh and Jim and John Harbaugh. And when Jack Harbaugh was coaching and the Harbaugh boys were growing up, you know, they're moving every few years. Uh, at one point, Jim came to his dad and said, well, it's time to move. I lost my last friend. And he's got a habit of wearing people out. And I'm surprised he's lasted at Michigan as long as he has because he'd been on the four-year plan everywhere else. That after four years, it's time. He's, he's got to go. We can't take him anymore. So that's another thing to consider. If you bring him back to the NFL, there's a chance that the candle burns really bright and it doesn't burn for very long. But, again, there are teams out there that have been doing a lot worse than what Harbaugh did with the 49ers. Well, and just let's just linger here just one last bit here. I think if Jim does do this, though, he's going to want to go to a spot where there's a quarterback, right, where he, where he knows that guy is there. And the question is, is Carolina that spot? I don't think so. Uh, the Raiders have that spot, clearly, uh, with Derek Carr, if he feels that Derek is the guy, uh, does he want to hook up with, uh, you know, Ryan Day's portal transfer in Chicago? You know, like, does he want to do that? Uh, or does he want to um, see if Denver, you know, join them, um, you know, and, and see if that is an opportunity? I don't know where else there would be. And I guess that, that also leads me to the last question, too, is what about Joe Judge? What a bizarre soliloquy he had after getting waxed by Chicago about players who used to be on the team are still calling to see, you know, uh, if they can come back on. Um, and then some strange thing about 2018 that they thought he was going to lose his job and they still made the Super Bowl and the Patriots were 7-2 and two midseason. 
Like, I, I don't know if Belichick makes his assistants think they were all going to lose their jobs. I, I, it was weird. It was weird. It tells it. me this is a guy who, even though it's reported that he's coming back, has not gotten the level of confidence that he needs. Otherwise, he wouldn't have felt compelled to go off like he did. And uh, it really was bizarre. He basically admitted to tampering which, uh, you know, the NFL rarely enforces that rule because it doesn't like to, but sometimes it's so obvious you can't not enforce it. But it, that was strange. One last point on Harbaugh, though. You got my yeah. mind uh, racing on this sure. because when he went to San Francisco, he had Alex Smith. Right. And he drafted a guy in the second round that Kaepernick. first year. Remember who he drafted? Yeah, Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. And he has been – I interviewed him 2017, year one of the Kaepernick free agency that is still ongoing five years hmm. later. Uh, he was very, very, very big on Kaepernick then. And, uh, and I've said all along, the only way he's ever getting back in is if Jim Harbaugh comes back to the NFL. Now, maybe it's too long. You know, the fact that they've successfully kicked the can for five years and kept him out for five years may make it impractical. But the only guy who was ever going to bring Harbaugh or Kaepernick back to the NFL may be coming back to the NFL. And that's, that's just an angle to keep an eye on, uh, depending upon where he ends up, if he does make the jump and isn't just trying to get – you know, huge money out of Michigan. He's got every right to try to do it. He may just be working all angles to get maximum money. God love him. Capitalist society, go get yours. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk again. Uh, when, when is um, when is your book coming out, Playmakers? March 15. Okay, very good. March 15. You see, you know what angst that that's causing me. You're starting to troll me now like you're no, troll Breer. I'm not. You're doing it with a smile on your face. You're jabbing a knife into my ribs. Why? I'm sure you're not excited your book's coming out. I'm I mean, not excited. Why? I'm not because it is. Uh, it, it is a source of stress for me because are people going to like it? Are they going to say bad things oh. about it? Uh, am I going to be trending on Twitter for some stupid I wrote in Chapter 28? Is no one going to buy it? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really having regrets. How about this, Mike? How about this, Mike? May your book trend on Twitter. You should go to sleep every night playing, praying to that God. That's true. That's I mean, true. so, and, and, there, and then your name is spelled right. And the tough, uh, again, my book, the tough... I found out firsthand what everyone was telling me. The toughest part about writing a book is selling it. So that's coming. But it'll be great. You're terrific at these uh, yeah. you know, chats, and yeah. you'll have a blast. Yeah. And so, well, I appreciate you. And uh, I've already accepted the fact that it's going to be a colossal failure. Anywhere <laughs> it goes, it's going to be a win. See, that's a Costanza. You're doing the opposite. I like exactly. it. I like it. Take All care, right. Mike. Thanks, Rich. You guys. Mike Floor, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Pro Football Talk. I just hope he sends us copies ahead of time. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, you know, you want to take some phone calls and touch on the Harbaugh thing when we come back? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do. 844 204 Rich. Number to dial your phone calls. And uh, is my coach uh, tapping out of Michigan? What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Trash Show Radio Outfit as well. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, Robert in Phoenix, Arizona has been waiting the longest. First in, first up. What's up, Robert? Well, first of all, love the show. Thank you, sir. I am on your bus, man. Let's go. Uh, this uh, is awesome. Yes. Yeah, Robert. LFG. Come on. Yes. Come on. Let's do this. All right. You know what? This guy, Arkush, I, I, if I'm saying his name correctly, this is why the public turns on the media. It just feeds into the narrative of fake news. This guy's making up nonsense. He's poison to your business. And just like a veteran in the clubhouse, you got to sit him down and tell him what's up. His job is to report and not to cancel athletes. I could care less what Aaron Rodgers thinks about. I love watching the guy on the field. I miss the days of Michael Jordan on the court. And Michael Jordan was right. He's like, hey, man. Republicans buy tennis shoes as well, so, or sneakers. I, that guy got it. Aaron Rodgers maybe doesn't get the fact that he should be more marketable, but maybe he's a genius and he knows what he's doing and he's manipulating. No, he's, he, I don't know. I don't care. I just love watching him on the field. The guy has got my vote if I had one. And, again, I love the show. Thank you, you guys. Kill it every day. Thanks, brother. That's Robert Rack in Arizona. Him. Rack him, as Rack they say him. in the business. <laughs> hey, look, uh, I, I will say this. Hub, Hub's not making anything up. I mean, that's just his opinion of what Rodgers yeah. have been saying. He, he he just shouldn't apply it to his vote for most valuable players, what I'm saying. And, um, you know, in, in terms of Rodgers' marketability, do you think uh, he needs to work on that? <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere. By the way, I'm not blocked by Hub. I just checked. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not blocked. Um, <laughs> let's go to Alvin in Redding, California, my hometown of television. What's going on, Alvin? How's Redding doing? Oh, Redding is uh, foggy and rainy. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I lived on the top of Hilltop Drive for a year and a half, went downhill, went to the food for less. Got my stuff there, made six seventy five an hour, oh. and then got found by ESPN. That's basically my my uh, my year and a half in Redding, California. I love it. That's great. I live right up the road from there. Beautiful. Say hi to everybody. Hey, so me. I'm a longtime Rams fan. Um, I wanted to get your thought about a possibility. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers and possibly moving next year, uh, what do you think about a possibility of him going back to the Bay Area <laughs> with a team that is on the brink of a Super Bowl that only needs one piece? The Niners. Yeah, that one piece might be starting for him, though. And they gave up a ton of pieces for that guy. You know? But don't you think that, 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 that Trey could learn under Aaron Rodgers for one or two years? Wouldn't you? I mean, I well, don't want it to happen because, you know, being a longtime Rams fan, um, no. I don't want to see it. But, man, that would be a great fit. Look, uh, I, and, and thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I think what Rodgers did say on the Manning cast that, that leapt out at me, you know, um, was him talking about how much fun he's having on the job. Loves going there. LaFleur, you know, kicks everybody out when it's time for him to get his hair cut. He goes to work, can't wait to hear who, what, you know, who's going to say something funny. He's loving it. 
And will the next four to five weeks, will the next four to five weeks affect any of that? You know? Like, I I can pretty much say the guys who he's going out on the field with uh, are the guys he wants to go out on the field with. And he's not thinking about anybody who's not there. But we also didn't know that was the case last year. And also... I, I I proffer to say, uh, you know, fourth and inside the 10, he, they're going for it this time around. <laughs> you know, like that yeah, won't happen. I, I, would, I would think so. I think they're in a better spot going in. He's clearly in a better spot going in. I think LaFleur's in a better spot going in. They're in a better spot going in. And they're in the same spot, which is Lambeau Field. Uh, I, I, I don't think Rodgers right now is going to go anywhere, but obviously <laughs> guessing all of that is is uh, potentially foolhardy, as they say. But him, the San Francisco ain't happening. If he's going to go anywhere, it, it'll be somewhere where the Packers and he are cool, where he wants to go, and the Packers don't need to see him once but every four years, and that might take him to the end of his professional playing road anyway. What's going on between the two of you guys? What's happening? Oh, Was Micah it? Parsons oh, yeah. just put in COVID protocol. So that's why I just threw my hands up Dude, in here a second. Here's the deal, man. Um, I, I saw that with Joe Mixon as well. Yeah. Joe Burrow also not playing. I got it. Good. You know what, yeah. buddy? Better now than two yeah, weeks yeah, from now. Yeah, for sure, but still. Better now than two weeks from now. Yeah. I think there's going to be know? a throwaway game on Sunday. And anyway, it's just so. remind you guys that, that COVID might, you know, I, I, might, might decide – who who wins and who loses in a winner goes in and loser goes home game? Absolutely. You know that's why I asked Brandon Staley yesterday. You know, are you telling? Uh, are you telling? Um, don't leave the house. Justin Herbert, don't leave the house. Yeah, you would think so, right? Well, I was going to use the phrase Netflix and chill, but then I stopped. <laughs> Peacock and chill. <laughs> Stephen in California, Thank you're on the Rich Eisen show. What's up, Stephen? Hey, guys, good morning. Love the show. Thanks, brother. Hey, I know uh, Del Tufo's not there, but I'm sure he's listening, and uh, (laughs) I'm sure he's starting to work on an app that will push through a notification when he's blocked or muted uh, just to let you know he's alive. (laughs) We should have him. You know what? We should should plant that idea in his brain and then get Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank back back here, and that's another app that he pitches to him. That already exists, by the way. Does it? As as far as the MVP thing, I think that off-the-field behavior does matter. If, you know, Rodgers, as a leader, uh, you know, when he is not vaccinated and misses games and other players look at that and say, hey, look, if the the captain, the leader of our team isn't vaccinated, well, why should I? And then, you know, what happens if you have, you know, several – Several people taking his lead. His, his behavior off the field does matter, even when he's not playing. And, and no, I, think that I, I, and I understand that as well. But my my response to that would be his play on the field um, uh, wipes that away. He 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 is so additive on the field. And the same thing with Brady, where where yeah. any other team where a player that the quarterback says, I want to have on and tells essentially the organization, we need to have him on here. And the head coach already has said, yeah, we don't need him. And they go ahead and get him. And he fakes his vaccination card and you still keep him. And then that guy strolls off in the middle of the field during a game where you're losing. Normally that would tear a team down a little bit. 
and maybe even create such a kerfuffle in between games that it would uh, destroy a locker room. Not with TB12 yeah. there, man. It just Tom was just like, I feel for him. We love him. Unfortunately, it's not with us anymore. Boom. End of story. And oh, by the way, they won anyway because of what Brady did after <laughs> Brown made a spectacle of himself. So, no and th- thanks for the call. That's the way I Thank feel you. about Rodgers. That whatever you say off the field, what he did in the non-playing season, and he's inoculated but not vaccinated, all of that. And he goes out and he dominates. You can't stop him sometimes. And the sometimes becomes mostly all the time. Yeah, most times. So his value on the field surpasses all the quote-unquote other stuff. Daniel Jeremiah coming up in hour two. 